What up? Hey guys, this is Tyler Tarver with Tarver Academy, and today on the podcast, we have Rocky Garza. This dude is a legit, uh, he like analyzes people, he can uh, work out their strengths, their weaknesses, uh, where they feel most passionate, where they're strong with regards to their career and in life, and it's just, he's really good at analyzing the stuff that takes me a long time to think about and know what I'm talking about. So I got to chat with him, ask him some questions, how that relates to teachers with regards to you know their first year's teaching, uh, mentoring, administrating, and then also leading students because uh, we're all leaders and he does a great job of kind of throwing out some ideas. You know, he, he did not work in education, but this applies like because we're all people. And so this applies to us as human beings and I mean, especially us as, as educators, we, we work with students all the time. So this is huge. So thanks for tuning in the podcast. If you could give it a, like a, a rating or whatever, you know, that'd be great. No pressure, though. I want you to follow your heart. But if you want to, that'd be awesome. Uh, share this with somebody you think it might help. Uh, any administrator who deals with first-year teachers got a lot of good info for that. Uh, but not even just first-year, just any teacher, you know, because even teachers have been teaching 30 years. Uh, it feels like you've been stuck in the same spot for five or 10 years. And so I just uh, hope this encourages you. hope you throw some ideas out and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you guys so much. Please check out Rocky at RockyGarza.com or at Rocky Garza. You'll hear it again, but I'm throwing that out there. Thanks for listening. And if you want to check out any of these segments, I've got them on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Sir Tyler Tarver, or just search Tyler Tarver in YouTube, and it's the Tarver Academy one. And I'll be tossing them up in small segments. You want to use them with your team or your PLC or whatever you're doing this summer for PD. Thank you. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Peace. Enjoy the podcast. I said bye. I said bye. You know what? Enjoy the podcast. This kind of fell apart near the end. Let's listen to Rocky. Here we go. What am I talking about? I'm talking about. I'm talking to my friend Tyler. Hey, buddy. We're talking about. We're talking about people, and we're talking about school, and we're talking about teachers. What's up? My name's Tyler with TarverAcademy.com. I'm not going to stop you from subscribing, so go ahead and do that. I am visiting with Rocky Garza, a, a people expert and a consultant, speaker, all of the above. Does an incredible, incredible work. Um, definitely check him out. I'm going to let him talk about, give his intro, where you can find him, and then we're going to get going. So, Rocky, yeah, take it off. Yeah. Take it away. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, you can find me on almost any social platform, just slash or at whatever the preference is, Rocky Garza, R-O-C-K-Y-G-A-R-Z-A. There's not very many of us out there, so it shouldn't be that hard to find uh, anything in the last two years. If there's a guy that's wearing a hat, it's probably me. The other Rocky guards I know, he doesn't wear a hat, and he's older than me. And so I look really young uh, if I don't just come with that anyway. So um, that's where you can find me. Um, like I've said, I, I am a self-proclaimed people expert. Um, have at 35 years old decided to dedicate the rest of my life to helping individuals find freedom from doubt, obstacle, and security to understand there is no one in the world like you. Uh, and simultaneously, it doesn't make you any better or worse than any other human being on earth. Our ability to live in the tension of those two statements should provide an amount of freedom for us to be the most effective and efficient in every arena of our life. I love it. I love it. And that's, I, let's start there um, with what you said about people um, knowing themselves and finding what they're yeah. passionate and they're skilled at and where their gifts are. Uh, I feel like, let's talk about teachers first. Uh, I feel yeah. like a lot of people get into education because either they did well as a student in school and they were like, well, I'm good at school. I'll just keep sticking with school or they, sure. they get into it thinking that that's what, uh, that's where their passions are. And they find out that either it's, it's not what they thought it was, or it's a different from the teacher perspective. Uh, I know you work with a lot of schools. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. S- subtle plug. If any schools out there need somebody, Rocky's your boy. What do you see in teachers when they get and uh, and kind of how that plays out with their profession yeah. and, yeah. and their personal just passion what they're doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I think what you described is a lot of folks end up in the education sector because of passion and intent, not because of skill. I'm not saying they are not skilled. I'm saying it is motive. It is intention, reason, and motivation that drives our decision making. The decision for any profession outside of monetary, outside of money being made, every decision for our profession is driven by intention, reason, motivation. There is something that we enjoy that drives us to do that, whether we think we're good at it or not. What happens though is, is like culturally, I think we've made a shift and by shift meaning like in the last probably let's call it 50 or 60 years where we have associated our strengths with our abilities and our abilities to our profession and our profession to our value. So if I say, Tyler, what's one of your, what's one of your strengths? You say my arms. I say, great. Your arms are one of your strongest part of your body. You say, yes. I say, awesome. And I say, so what do you do? You do not say I arms. You can punch, push, hug, pull, kill. You can do a lot of things with strong arms. Armsing is not one of them. So what happens is though, is we associate our intent and our reason with what we assume is our strength, which we assume is the what, not the how. And now all of a sudden we find ourselves in a position where expectations are not met. It's not what I thought. Do I really enjoy it? Can I really do it? Do I have the right skills? Do I have, well, we don't turn the equation around and start with our intent and our reason, knowing then how the great thing about education is that your teachers, you have a whole bunch of them and they all do things differently and they all have different strengths and they all connect different and they teach different and they learn. That's, that's what education is. It should be a marriage of all of those collectives together, doing each what they do best in order to have an experience. You can't have anybody else except for school. That's why school exists. Except though, I think we've flipped the equation. I think it's, I think it's from, I thought it would be this out of my intention. No one fostered in the prep of my education for me to understand what makes me unique and what I bring to the table to be an effective educator. And that will then be fostered in a system that I don't have to fall in line with a worksheet. I fall in line with my humanity that allows me a connection with other students. And therefore we create an experience, I think around what we hoped education would be to begin with. Man, that's, that's good. I love it. I want to roll from there. You, you talked about how, um, how the teachers come in and they expect one thing and how they can tailor the classroom, not around, like you said, a worksheet or a book or a set of curriculum that they're handed, but around sure. them as an individual and how they teach and how they um, communicate something. What do you think uh, that we could do um, in either higher ed or like first year teacher or what, what do you think could be done at any level uh, yeah. to prepare teachers to teach that way, as opposed to the traditional way where it's like, well, yeah. you just grab the book and you start a chapter one yeah. and you move on chapter to chapter. You got to go back to the person who's making all those decisions to begin with. And they have to believe in a system that isn't predicated on my ability to have a standardized score that is going to judge yeah. all of my ability based on one singular thing. And I'm not, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you are, you slash your audience is probably significantly more educated in the, in the system than I am. So, you know, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. I'm using that metaphorically in, in a corporate arena, in marriage, in family, in, hey, let's have a better marriage. Let's work on things and let's start. Um, how about we do that with our neighbors? We'll make sure they're healthy and that should affect our marriage. No why, no, why don't we start with the husband and the wife to get really personally healthy and then we can broach the marriage? Well, mm-hmm. similarly, like we've got to start at the root of it to go, okay, wh- where were the broken pieces that we see? What caused them to get broken? Because what was the expectation on the other side? So a doing starting, starting there, you have to have 
And I, I hesitate to use the word leader because that makes it sound like as a first year teacher, you're a follower. And that is 100% not the case. So don't hear what I'm not saying. Mm-hmm. But we have to start with leadership in order to give the freedom for a first year teacher to have 50% of their time and resources that are dedicated to their development to be specifically for their development, for their personal development, for their freedom to understanding the classroom, to figuring out insecurities, to overcoming things, to understanding conflict resolution, to like, you can't teach anything. If you have a sucky classroom that kids don't listen to you, you feel insecure, you have a terrible marriage and you bring it to the classroom. I don't care how good the curriculum is. Your classroom sucks. There's so much newness and so much standardization and so much expectation before I even walk into my room. If 50% of the, the devotion or the time or development is not spent on me as an individual and my humanity, my development, and my personal side, the expectation I'm going to do a great job is one, one in a hundred, half in a hundred teachers. And that's not even based on ability. There are freakishly talented people out there. There, it, it's being suppressed though, because no one's having the conversation. I say no one, it's, I, I, I'm a little exaggerative for those of you watching, so I apologize. But no one is having that conversation first because it might cost us money. I don't know how we're gonna make it back. We don't have enough pencils and we have things to do and our school is sucked and we heard you're a good teacher. We need you to make it better. Will you fix that for us in the first semester? Yeah, like, it's like bam. that seems, make it yeah, it seems crazy. So like, to, with, in the, so I, there's, a, there's a, an organization here in Dallas I work with called the Educator Collective. Um, and they partner specifically with Title I schools in DISD with teachers in years one through three to provide professional development, personal development, um, resources specifically for those teachers to increase retention. They're not focused on curriculum. They're not focused on what the teacher is teaching. They're not, everything is bit on specifically your experience, the resources you need, the development. I do identity mapping for all of those groups every year. So every group of teachers in one through three, as they add them in, they come in and that's the service I provide for them. Um, and we don't talk about the classroom at all because we talk about who they are, what they're doing and what makes them unique and the power they have in that room to make a connection with another human being that I, I fundamentally believe that no other human being has the power to have. People who watch this show, people who watch you are watching you because there's a connection at a deep heart soul level that you make with them that nobody else has. So they subscribe and they keep coming back. It doesn't give you your content can be that great. It's great. That's not what I'm saying. No one's <laughs> content is so good that you can be a royal. Are you allowed to cuss on this show? Uh, I, I try not to because educators. Okay. So thank you. So you could be a royal schmoozy, terrible, not nice dude. That's and good. People that's still good. watch your show. No, that's not going to happen. Like that's not, yeah. that's not how, that's not how it works. So, yeah. so why are, why are we not developing that side of our humanity? Why are we not developing that side of our person? Why are we not developing that side of who we are first? Because if there is ever, and I, I hesitate to use the word business because I know it gets sketchy, but go with it. We're in the people business. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, the profit is high, highly developed, educated beings to do good work on earth. Like, yeah, people business. It is about connection. It is about intimacy. It is about development. It is about soul to soul, face to face, eye to eye, human to human. When a kid has a question and they really need help, they do not email you. They come into your desk at your office and say, can I talk to you? Even today, even at 11 years old, even at 14 years old and on every social platform, they want to look at your face if they need something. If they really need it, they want to see your face. That to me yep. is the most perfect metaphor for the way that we should be approaching the way we are developing educators in the system is I don't care how great technology gets, humanity is never going to be removed 
but we are slowly taking it away for efficiency because we want to have a better score with less money and less money than less people because it seems like that's what we follow suit. And that is the opposite of the thing that brings individuals the most joy. Absolutely. I 100% agree. That was whenever I was in charge of the, uh, the new teacher mentor program. It was, it was more about like everybody in the positions I was in was handed this extra responsibility and they don't have the time for it. And so either they hand it off to their principals who also don't have the time for it. How important is it for those new teachers? Because this is their first year. Not only are they trying to figure out what they're going to teach every single day, but they're trying to figure out how do I manage this classroom? How do I not look like I'm 22 and I'm like their aunt who lets them do whatever they want at right. home and on the Christmases. And so it's like, they've got all these struggles that they're working through and and there's no one that like has the experience and can push that confidence into these new teachers to where they can pour into that because it's just the time. And one of the things like I, I always look at, like obviously schools, they're a business, but they're not a business. It's like it's different. Right. You know, it, it's a yeah. it's a crazy business where a, a first grade teacher can walk into the CEO slash, you know, the superintendent's office and tell them how they right. think you should run the school. You don't see that at Amazon. You don't walk into Jeff Bezos office and say, yo, this is what you right. should be doing, bro. I work on right. the line. But I like one of the things they do in businesses and try to relate that with Amazon. They have people that their full-time job is to walk around, talk to people, ask them how they're doing, ask them if they're happy, you know, like just literally just encourage them. I think more than any sector, the education sector is the place where we expect for a single individual to have the same capabilities to do four fundamentally different roles at the same time and be successful and it is absolutely insanity it is not it is not that way in any other sector except education you're 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 absolutely correct teachers like you get into it thinking like oh i love history like you talk to anybody in college you're like i love history and i love teaching that that once they get in they realize that's that is like 15 percent of what you do in the classroom you know and and one of the things to, to to transition this over i one of the things that i always try to when i talk to teachers I talked to him about like, yes, the first year or two, you're going to have a process of learning your curriculum. It's different, like sitting in the as a student, hearing it and learning it as opposed you learn a whole new level when you're trying to make other people learn it. I said, you're going to you're going to learn your curriculum. But once you learn your curriculum, your homework is no longer, okay. how am I going to teach this? No, no, no. You know how to teach it. Your homework becomes learning about your students. I always say like the first day when you find out about your students, get to know them a little bit. You know, you do the little thing like, you know, what's your parents' email? What's your parents' contact? You know, fun fact about yourself. I always say, throw in what's your favorite Instagram account to follow. And that yeah. way you could follow it. It's free. You toss it on there. When you see something pop up on Bleacher Report or House of Highlights or whatever that kid liked, you can yeah. have a conversation yeah. about it. You're building that yeah. rapport and that connection with that student. Um, do yeah. you have any ideas or um, it can be, it can be very specific practical. It can be like an overarching idea. What yeah. can teachers do to yeah. help build and foster that rapport with students and yeah. learn them? Um, yeah. And I mean, and that's the, thing, the struggle that I always hear from teachers is like, there's 30 kids in 45 minutes. How am I going to get to know every single one of them? Um, right. Do you, right. do you have any advice? Or, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go, real, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back real far and then we'll bring it back to something different because I, if, I don't I know how to not think this way. So for, like first, the first thing you need to do is you need to go to counseling. You need to be as healthy personally as you possibly can be because you are thrusting yourself into an environment where you are caring for the hearts and minds of developing human beings. And you've said that's your passion. And if you are unhealthy, you do not have the capability. You cannot strong arm your way through your own doubt, fear, obstacle, and insecurity. You, you can't. 
It's not, it's not in any profession, especially not as one that is dedicated to human development as education is. So one, go to counseling, and get as healthy as you can possibly be. Two, if you don't have a sustainable life, you cannot have a sustainable career. If you don't have a sustainable life, you can't have a sustainable, be a sustainable educator. If you can't, it's, it is impossible, right? They're fine. The loneliest people are the wealthiest people. Why? Because they've created an environment where they no longer need another human being and now they don't know what to do with themselves. Similarly, you're a big jerk and then you great at work, but you have a terrible marriage and you come home, it is going to eat your lunch. It's going to catch up with you. You like, so there's some, a lot, a lot, I think a lot of that pressure and I, I can't, I don't have enough time. I don't, well, it's because you spend 40% of your time thinking about something that you need to find clarity and help and healing through that if you did, you wouldn't spend your time on. And then now you would have a capacity to do something you did before, but the insecurity that's been feeding you enough that you can eat to your family reward when really all of that is a lie. And Stephanie, who's sitting across from you, who idolizes everything about you is waiting for you just to say, Hey, Stephanie, how are you? And when you say good and have a conversation and you can breathe development and value into her life outside of her performance, but in her being, all of a sudden there's a switch that changes. And so I don't know if any that's actually practical, like what you should do tomorrow in your classroom. But I think it starts with when I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, what am I seeing and what fear do I have? And what insecurity do I have? What am I trying to hide? What do I want not someone to know? What am I trying to protect? What am I, our ability to find clarity in those things, I think gives way to us then finding new time, new resources, new avenues, new creativity, new mindsets, new, the reason you, and I'm going to, you know, I'll brag on you. It's like, I don't, the reason you have the influence you have and you're doing things you're doing is because the number one thing I see from you from an outsider's perspective is you spending time with your family because that's your grounding. That's your peace. That is a place where you go back and say, my soul is restored. I will go to work and I will work 180% right now because I am all in because I've spent my time someplace else where my heart has been, has been renewed and it is healthy and it is good. And it is that, that is not, that's not by accident. That is not a chance. That just, no, it just, it just kind of happened that way. That's, that's what makes it good. That's what makes it sustainable. That's what makes it healthy. That's what makes it. And so for me, like that's the, that has to be the first place. That has to be the place we start because that then translates and transcends every other thing that it is that we're doing. You're, you're absolutely right. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, nobody's perfect. I'm sure you've got an argument with Sarah. I've got an argument with Amanda. You know, whenever it's not settled and you go to work, your mind is not fully there. You no. can't put like all your mind. You're not thinking like, oh, I wonder how Johnny's doing or how Sally's doing in the second row. Or they, they're not acting himself. I need to talk to them after class or chat with them or ask them about them because all you, in your mind, all you're thinking is like, gosh, I wonder what I could have done different or I wish I could do this or I need to contact her. You're like when your mind's there, yes. you, your, 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 your presence is not with your class. And so I, that is, that's incredible. I wish that they had a council for students and a council for teachers at every school. I, that way they again, can sit there and do that. And, and again, that to, to me, as an outsider, because I'm not too close that I can't, that, that, I, that I get blinded by things. Why don't we? Why don't we have a place where a teacher can go in their off period to have a conversation with someone who's solely invested in their development because they, we know that they're outpouring every ounce of their energy and their desire and their passion to that group of students every day? Why, why are we not supporting that? Why are we not, like, to, like that's, like, as a, it just seems like a no-brainer. Oh, absolutely. Like, it, after talking to you, it's like, if I ever switch back into public ed and become a superintendent, like, that's, like, I'll call it, what is it, chief heart officer? And then what they yeah. call them, yes. just walk around yes. and make sure people feel good and or yes. listen to them, process. And if it's something they need to address with me, great. If it's someone, someone else, do it. Like, try to make people 
feel confident in what they're doing and also have the I feel like so many times in jobs in, in an education, you, you don't have the freedom to, to talk to someone like you're afraid they're going to judge you or thank you or put you in a box like right. someone they could talk right. to to process it, help them get better and then improve it, help them improve it. That's right. great. Right. So, so, yeah, I'm definitely hiring yeah. them right now. I'm just kidding. Yeah, great. I'm in. So that person needs to be hired no matter what. What am I talking about? I'm talking about I'm talking to my friend Tyler. Hey, buddy. We're talking about we're talking about people and we're talking about school and we're talking about teachers. Do you like learning? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to talk to him for a few more minutes and then dad will come sit with you. Okay. Awesome. You want to sit in my lap while I talk to him? No, you're watching Daniel Tiger. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty solid. I mean, me or Daniel, I'm picking, I'm picking the tiger yeah. every time. I mean, I'm not <laughs> mad at him about it. One of the big things with public education is, and what I always say is like you, you mentioned test scores earlier. Um, whenever people are like, oh, I want to send my kid to this, this, or this school, uh, one of the things they always look at is like, well, the test scores are good. I'm like, well, it's 2018. Like, you can get any amount of education at any, almost any school that you want. Like, if they don't have, like, yes. the, the problem used to be like big schools had more students, so they could offer like AP courses and all these things because you had more students to fill the classes where smaller schools couldn't. Now, with online offerings and like uh, asynchronous teachers and all that, you can offer like one student can be in a, in a journalism class and that'd be the only kid in the school because you can have a teacher that can do it and you can afford it and it's feasible. And so I tell people, I was like, that doesn't matter anymore. I was like, right. the most like your student, your child is not the average of every student in that school. Your child is based on you and your parenting, what you, what they are, how they are motivated in school and how they want to achieve. One of the things that I always talk to you about is where I want to send my kid is based on the culture of the school. I care what are the core values of that, the leadership there. Um, what is the, like, essentially we both know we've been to high school, whatever the cool kids are doing, everything's kind of like a blob behind that. If the cool kids are straight laced and they, they care about like this, this, and this, and they're the smarter kids and they, they push to achieve more. You see a lot more kids in the school that do that as opposed right. to the, the cool kids that go, you know, get lit on the weekends or whatever the phrase is they're using now. Um, that's what everybody kind of moves to. Um, and so what I always look at is the discipline of the schools. Um, how does the leadership respond? How many are we sending to like truancy courts or discipline or, you know, whatever it is, what do you see as that um, from the classroom level or the, like the central office level or building level that leaders in a school, and I say leaders, that's anybody, a teacher is a leader of minimum 100 to 150 people every day. Uh, what do you see something the leaders can do to impact their culture for the positive? Create as many resources as you possibly can to get your parents as involved as possible in the lives and the education of their children. That's Every good. resource you just said is available to me in my family right here, right now in my living room without ever having to go to a school. That doesn't make the school void. Yeah. It means there is an exponential amount of sub supplement available for me. Like I hear what my kid is learning. I mean, Ezra's two and a half. He goes to a little Montessori school right now. And so I, what songs are you singing? What are you learning? What are you reading? And guess what? At home, his room looks like it looks in his classroom. Like he helps me cut things. He helps me make food. He helps me prepare stuff. He helps me because that's a part of what they're telling me. The expert is telling me, hey, Ezra, Ezra, here, come sit in dad's lap. Oh, you want some more water? Okay. I think that's the thing that people are, that's the thing that I know is true about what he's doing. They're, they're the boss. They're the, like, I'm taking that, I'm hoping in their expertise to then create that environment for me and my family at home also. And so I think resources to be done are created are the space where 
we're willing to say, hey, let's, let's create places. We don't need to recreate the classroom outside of the classroom again because the classroom already exists. So how do we create resources and environment for parents to be engaged to understand what their kids are doing in order to allow them to want to participate in such a way that to me, like that's the difference maker. I know lots of kids, they go to lots of schools who may or may not be the very best school ever that in whatever way we want to gauge it to say it's good or it isn't good, but they have parents who care and are involved and the schools provide resources for those. I mean, I'm doing with Ezra's little school. It's even just a little, it's a little Montessori school. There's maybe 30 kids that go to school there. We're, I'm doing an event in three weeks. It's a, how to establish your personal values, your family values and make decisions based off of from value driven aspect, as opposed to just necessitating, you know, necessitating a need I need right here, right now. Well, that's because I like that. I value that. I want to give that. Do people pay me for that professionally? Yes. Do I get paid a lot of money to do that professionally? Yes. Am I giving up my time on a Tuesday night for three hours to talk to a group of parents that I don't really know that have no direct impact on my life? Yes. Because, because it's a resource that could be provided to conversation that's not being had someplace else that I know has a direct implication on their life, their student's life, their education, their ability. If we think that our teachers are the experts and they provide us with resources, how many of the parents out there are twice as experts with resources outside of all those things? If we could collectively create that space, it's all of our job. It's everyone's job to be in education. It is everyone. I'm hoping that educators are provided to be the expert expert to do the things and give me secondhand what I need to be doing else to supplement that. That's good. That, and that you're absolutely, absolutely. I'm fully on board with what you're saying because I feel like schools don't, they don't, they don't invest in the parents and even the parents that are willing to help. The problem you run into is like, they're almost like only allowed to do like manual labor. Like, okay, up here, come up here and run copies for us or come up here and do this. Like, yeah. whereas, like you said, they're the experts in certain things. Let them come up and pour into other parents or the, even pour into the teachers or the students about those things. So I totally agree. Yeah. You want candy for breakfast? That sounds good. That sounds good. I'm in. Damn tiger. You want some candy snacks? Oh, you're going to come with me. Okay, Mr. Independent. All right. Well, want some candy like snacks. It. Those of you All out right. there that are watching this, don't give your kid candy snacks for breakfast. It's not a good idea. <laughs> well, I mean, really you know what? The, the substance is there, but it is just a substance. It's probably not the yeah. best substance. Yeah, it just filler. That's that's all this is here, folks. That's we're it. just doing filler. That's not what we're yeah. going for. So I love it. Hey, Rocky, I really appreciate your time, and I know that your time is precious, and especially now you're 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 with your son. And so I want to thank you so much. I know my listeners, yeah, I got I got a lot out of this, and I've been listening to you and watching you on Instagram and learning from you uh, for a while now. And so um, go ahead and tell them where they can find you, and if you have anything coming yeah. up you want to plug or just yeah, your totally. availability to school. No, totally. Go ahead. I mean, here's the deal. Like I, uh, you can find me on my website. It's just rockygarza.com. Uh, you can yep. shoot me there's a contact form, fill it out, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, those places. Content goes out five days a week. It's free. You don't do anything for it. Just it's for you. I want you to have it. Um, yeah. And if you're watching this, you're an educator and I can help whether that's providing, uh, we provide three to four hour workshops. We provide eight hour intensive one day things all around the development of individuals, what it means, overcoming insecurity, obstacle, fear. Um, I want to give you three things. I want you to walk away with the clearest picture of who you are as a human being you've ever had. I know it's a gutsy thing to say, but I promise you it works. Two, I want you to do that in the context of people you work with most frequently, because where we spend the most time, I want them to know those things about us. And I want us to have that shared experience. And three, I want to give you a ton of tools and resources for you to use for yourself at home, for your family and your marriage and parenting, and especially with your team and students in order to give you a new conversation to have in order to create the kind of environment. The whole reason to go back to the beginning when you were a junior in college, you fell in love with education. You said you wanted to make a difference. Let's go back to that place, identify that and use that as leverage moving forward.
That's perfect. Yeah, guys, seriously, check them out. Um, I've been, I've, my social media preference is always Instagram and you are killing it on Instagram, Thanks, man. Dude. It's, it's been Thanks. awesome. And I love the videos, the short clips, like, oh, I think it's gotta be daily. It seems like you, you put up something that gives value to people. And Thank like you, you said, it, it's, he's not asking for anything. It's just there. Hit, hit uh, follow yeah. on that. Check them out. Uh, yeah. I'll link everything in the description and uh, I appreciate you, Rocky. I appreciate yeah, your time. Let's do it again soon. Awesome. You let me know. You let I me know when you're ready. And I'm ready. Okay. I love it, man. Let's right. go. Talk to you guys. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.